Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. For more information about our church and service times, please visit revival.me. Enjoy the message. My wife and I are going to tag team, and we're going to just share a little bit what we feel like God is saying and what God is doing and he's, you know, doing some things in our midst. We had a vision Sunday not too long ago where we did a little tag team message. Who was at our vision Sunday? Anybody? And uh, so those of you that don't know, we are in process of, uh, we're getting really close to where we can pull permits to finish the building over here. We did a congregational vote on getting the financing and uh, showed some numbers of how much we're putting towards it. And so we have pledges that have come in, 36-month pledges. If you're not a part of our forward campaign, you're praying about it, um, we can talk to you more about that. But it's exciting what God's doing. And today we're going to talk about uh, how God is fitly framing us together. So why don't you open up, and, uh, and we'll just go for it. Yeah, so... Um Something that John had said, I don't know if he said it this service, but he said it last service. He said, you know, sometimes the prophetic ministry is like the trunk of a tree. And when you hear from God, it just shakes some things up that need to be shaken up. Amen. And I never really saw myself as like a prophetic person, but I believe that we are all called to be prophetic people because we all hear the voice of our father. Amen. So, um, so just when sharing with you this morning, I just feel like what God is speaking to us is something that just needs to just shake us up a little bit. So we are ready to go where God is calling us to go. Are you ready to go? Yes, I am. Sorry. um, I should turn this mic off. So (laughs) you can leave it on. But, um, a couple of days ago, we had celebrated our son's birthday. We, we had a surprise party for him. He's 15. I just, I can't even wrap my head around that my bubba, my baby, he's not the baby, but he's my youngest son, is 15. It's just crazy. He's working the camera. You better do good, buddy, because there's going to be some good stuff. So make sure you're doing your job. I'm kidding. Um, he's serving the Lord. But um, I remember I was joking with one of the girls, and I said, you know, I never go anywhere unless I'm the center of attention. And I was kidding, but I was completely serious. And so I was like, I just said this kind of like, oh yeah, I don't want to, like, I don't want to go to a party if I'm, if I don't know everybody, or I don't want to go and do anything if I don't get to be the center of attention. And, and as I was joking, I felt like the Lord was like speaking to me through that. How many know if your heart is open and your your ears are open, you can hear God speak to any circumstance and any situation. He'll speak. His his voice carries. So I was like, okay, God, well, what what are you trying to show me? And I thought it was so, just so interesting the way the weekend transpired. So I have been desiring to start a women's ministry since we moved here, but just life has happened, and, and I haven't had a chance to really get the ball rolling. And so my dear friend over here, Chrissy, this the beginning of this year, she's like, hey, I want to do like a like a vision board with the ladies of the church. And, and she has so many testimonies about what happened when she did her own vision boards the last few years. And I was like, yeah, sure, let's let's do that. And so after I said what I said Friday about me not doing anything unless I'm the center of it, I join a women's ministry event here at the church that I didn't plan, participate, preach, 
set up or tear down. And I was so blessed. See, sometimes God is trying to teach us that we don't have to be the center of what he's doing for us to be able to participate in what he's actually doing in the earth. You know, a couple weeks ago, Zach, or I think it was last Sunday, you were preaching, and you said something that was so profound, and we might have missed it, and I want to touch on it for just a second. You said it was the year that King Uzziah died when Isaiah had an encounter with the Lord. Now, Isaiah was the prophet in the Old Testament that prophesied more of Jesus, more of the Messiah than any other prophet. Mm. And it was so interesting because Uzziah, the King Uzziah, represents pride and presumption. And it was when pride and presumption died that Isaiah was able to have an encounter with the Lord where it opened up his eyes to see what God is doing. And I believe what God is doing in our church in this season right now as he is teaching us. That in our mind, we might feel like we have to be the center of attention. But God is saying, when pride and presumption die, you see who you really are. And you'll be able to see what I am doing in the earth. It's just so good what God is doing. And if we open our heart to see it, we can see it. And I love what you said to me as we were preparing for this. You said, yeah, but we are the center of attention. We're the center of his attention. And when we don't have to get everybody else's approval and everybody else's acceptance, we understand that we are approved and accepted by the only one that matters anyway. So good. So good. And the Lord is at work. And we're, because our hearts are shifting and we're yielding to what he's doing, his activity, we're becoming fitly framed together. And we're seeing what the Father's doing. That was another word the Lord was speaking to our house. You see what the Father's doing, and we participate in it. We move forward with the Father's heart and the Father's love. I want to read, if you would, actually, honey, would you read this, this powerful scripture? I want to talk about the activity of God in this mystery of God fitly framing us together. Do you remember we talked about being the temple corporately? How many know that we are not the church alone? We are the church together. And so I'm not the church. Some Christians say, well, I'm the church. No, you're not. Church is a corporate word. We are the church together. Yeah. And so yeah. there's something about being a temple of the Holy Spirit individually and something about being a temple of the Holy Spirit corporately. Mm. There's a blessing in that. And so I want to read this. And there's a lot in here about how God tears walls down and unites us and we become uni unified. And this is the prayer of Jesus. Like this is Jesus, when Jesus prayed for you, we actually have it on record in John 17, starting at verse 20, Jesus prayed for you and I, and it's in the Bible. And guess what he prayed? That we would be one. That's right. And so this is what happens. God baptizes us in his presence. The labels come off, the yeah. walls come down. Yeah. We're not known as a Jew or a Greek. It doesn't matter our ethnicity. We're one new humanity yes. in Christ. And this is profound because the church should be displaying this yes. to the world. Yeah. We can show them what love looks like. We can show the world what true unity looks like. It's a very expression of Trinitarian love. love and so let's read this and then just talk about the two activities of God in it. Amen. So we're going to read Ephesians um, chapter 2. I'm going to start in verse 19. It says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. 
Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Temple is growing. We are a spiritual temple. Paul says you are God's building to the church of Corinth. Now, I looked something up. I've never seen this before, but this is the activity of God, okay? Actually, it's the Father, and it, and it even says it here, which we'll read in a moment, about his triune essence has made one new race of humanity. It's so profound, but there's, two, there's a word where it talks about being fitly framed together, and it's actually three Greek words combined. One word is with, the other two are describing the activity that the Father is doing, and guess what they are? One is the activity to join together. How many know that that's the Holy Spirit that unites and joins us, the fellowship that we have with one another? The other is the word Lego, which is where, you know, Lego, who played with Legos growing up? Anybody who still plays with Legos? Praise God. Don't make fun of me. This is, the, and this word actually means to speak forth and, and something is established in, in the speaking forth. There's an authority. So here's what it is. God, the Father, is fitly framing us together. The Spirit and the Word together are causing us to be a temple. It's so powerful. So what's, what's unique about the other word where uh, we're being fitted together, I just looked it up. The root word means like, warring chariots together like war horses. It's like the picture of Ezekiel 37 where God breathes on the valley and they become formed together as an army of the living God. So guess what? Not only are we living stones of the temple, but we are an army that are being put placed together, positioned together. And we're individual members of one body. But there's a mystery to, and I'll say this real quick, that if you look throughout the scripture, where, where Paul exemplifies being the body of Christ. How do you know we are the body of Christ together? We're individual members, right? An eye, a foot, you know, and he talks about this in 1 Corinthians 12, where he talks about the gifts of the Spirit. And there's a couple other places where he really expounds on it. There's only three places that he really expounds on it in the New Testament. There's one place he touches on it in Colossians, but the parts that he expounds on it it's where he talks about the gifts of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, the gifts of Jesus in Ephesians 4, and the gifts of God the Father in Romans 12. Why is that? Because we need the Trinity and the activity of the Father, Son, and Spirit to, uh, to cause us to become the body of Christ. Not just receiving one set of the gifts. We need all of it. And God's forming a new wineskin. This is profound, but how do we embrace this? Like God... Baptize me in your presence. Teach me to love. Let the walls come down. I want to think differently. And you said something first service. I want you to touch on that, how uh, sometimes the old sets of Legos we inadvertently toss out. You know, I'm a, um, a mom, and I have boys, but I never played with Legos when I was little. Whatever. So I played with Barbies and other stuff. So I remember oh, when I my boys... Oh, I played with Barbies too. That was cool. Yeah. Um, did you have a Barbie dream house? No, my sister did, though. Okay. And I didn't have any other siblings, so okay, so. just a couple times. Just so 
It's in my past. It's under the blood of Jesus, okay? So with my, so with my boys, they obviously played with lots of Legos when they were little, and I remember buying them little Lego sets. And then they would lose like a piece here or there of the set. So I being, you know, cleaning up after them, the mom that cleans up after them, I would, I would attempt to pick up the set and I would just toss the whole thing because there was a piece missing. And my husband, um, Zach was like, honey, you don't throw Legos away, like ever at all. And I'm like, well, there's pieces missing. You can't build that thing again. He's like, no, 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 honey. You put them all together in a big bucket, and then the boys can build whatever they want. Sometimes I think we feel like we are these missing piece Legos because we don't fit anymore with what it used to look like. Like there is these sets that we were a part the, the of. There were these sets, things the, that that we used. were mindsets and and ministries and and places we were and ideas we thought and we thought we were fitting in this place, but that's no longer what's happening. And so we feel like we're tossed out. But the Lord is saying, No, you're just a part of this big set of Legos that I'm building something new. I'm doing something different. And if you throw yourself out, you won't be able to be a part of what Mm. I'm doing. And so I just declare this over us. Like we might feel like a misused Lego. We might feel like a, a, just a throwaway piece, but there's no throwaway piece in the set that God is doing. You are not a throwaway piece. You are a part of the building of God. Like what Pastor Zach is preaching, being fitly framed together. You fit in his kingdom. You fit in his plan. You fit in his purposes. You fit in his building. You fit in this house. You fit in what God is doing in this city, with the revival that he's doing. You are not misplaced, church. You are not misplaced. And you... Because you don't play Legos, you don't know this. But those of you that do, the little tiny pieces are so important. Mm. <laughs> the ones that might not seem significant are even Come more on. significant. Come on. Come on. Those little ones, the Ooh. little single ones and the little double, the little double, who knows what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. They are so important because when you're building stuff and it just doesn't fit together right, Mm. it's those little pieces that cause it all to come Come together. Come on, Jesus. Come on. So So good. good. So good. You're so good, honey. So cute. I just love you. I want to read this verse because I believe this is the heart of God. And this is what happens when the church shows the world what love looks like. We become family. And anytime we move away from family, we are, we're moving away from the kingdom. Right. Like kingdom equals family, right. right? And we have our hearts attached to all these other areas thinking that we're gonna find our significance in and we feel misplaced. We feel like we're part of the old sets or the used sets and it's like, no, no, no. God's like, no, you belong. You're a part of this thing. You're significant. And we find our significance in his love and in his presence. And in worship, I don't know about you, but in worship, I don't, I don't care what's happening. I don't care who's singing. I don't care who's preaching. I don't care. I mean, I care who's next to me or around me, but I'm just like caught up and my gaze is on him and nothing else matters. And there's something about when our attention, our heart is on heaven, that all that stuff just falls off. And no longer is my heart. I remember as a young man getting saved and then 
getting involved in ministry, these religious, political ways of thinking and climbing the ladder and, you know, my heart was looking for a platform, a position, instead of loving people and being happy and content with being a son, a beloved son. And so I want to read this. So this is right before what you just read, okay? Would you read it? In, we're going to read it in the, uh, in the me- in, no, not the message. We're going to read it in the passion. I should have had it pulled up. I'm sorry. Forgive me, Rochelle. Thank you, Lord. You're such a forgiving bride. Praise God. Here it is right here. This is so powerful. Now, it, Paul also says this, for through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. So it's like he's talking about Jews and Greeks. We both, meaning the one new humanity, every nation, tribe, and tongue, every ethnos in the world forged together in Jesus. And this is, this is so powerful because the, we, and we might not, we're not just talking about ethnic hatred, racism, prejudice, but we're talking about sometimes it's the little things between brothers and sisters. It's, and God does something in our hearts where our hearts become like the mercy seat where sin, offense, and bitterness, it cannot retain. It won't, yes. it won't stay yeah. on the tops of our hearts. Yeah. But God's presence rests there. It's so powerful. Let's read this and talk about it, and then we'll close with the last thing. Um, Ephesians 2, verse 15. says, ethnic hatred has been dissolved by the crucifixion of his precious body on the cross. Amen. The legal code that stood condemning every one of us has now been repealed by his command. His triune essence has made peace between us by starting over, forming one new race of humanity, Jews and non-Jews fused together. Whoa. That's being fitly framed together. We're being fused together. Just like two pieces of metal, when the heat's turned up, they just melt, they become one. I remember my dad, who's actually, he was a miner and a jeweler, and he had a metal refining place, and he talks about how metal is much stronger when you add other elements to it. Like there's certain metals by itself, it's breakable, malleable, it just bends and it'll break. But then when you add certain composites and different nickel and you add like different it's like God causes it to be stronger and that's what happens in the body of Christ and in Jesus I mean think about this for a minute though in the broken body of Jesus his very flesh torn and bleeding out is what why now we have the privilege to be one new humanity How many know there's not a bunch of races, there's a bunch of ethnicities, but there's one human race. And sometimes it's hard to digest that because we believe the lie, but we can't believe the lie because Jesus has broken it open for us. Come on, the veil has been ripped from top to bottom and we stitch it up. We stitch it up with religiosity. We stitch it up with political ideology and it's time he comes in and just rips it open again says, no, you are one new humanity. And as the church of the living God, may we get this, that we're the temple and we display a love and a glory and just a, a presence where people look. That's what family looks like. That's what a healthy marriage looks like. That's what it looks like to raise your kids. That's what reconciliation looks like between black, white, Hispanic. Come on. A church should not be one color predominantly, but it should look just like heaven. Come on. Black, white, Hispanic, Pacific Islander. That's our that's our destiny, guys. We're to show the principalities and powers the manifold wisdom of God. 
The manifold wisdom of God in Ephesians 3 is many-colored wisdom of God. That's what it says in the Greek. And, and God has torn down the wall of separation. You know, the first time I felt at home here, first time I felt at home in Rochester, we we're here about a month, moved across the country, the call of God, hardest decision we ever made. I was sitting at a table with Chrissy and Ricardo right here on the front row. And they're sharing their hearts and the love of God was just pouring forth as they shared. And we're just talking about the goodness of God, eating together, sitting at a table, heart to heart, face to face. And I'm like, this is the first time I felt at home since I lived here. There's something profound about knowing that we are the body of Christ. It's beautiful. And he's forging us together as an army. And it happens when the Father, the Spirit and the Word together, you know, you always hear this, like, well, they're a spirit church. Well, they're a word church. If they're a word church, they're going to be both word and spirit. We over-compartmentalize it. If they're a, a spirit church, they're going to be a word church, right? Well, there can be churches that preach the Bible, and they don't demonstrate the spirit. And you could preach the Bible and not be a word church. That's truth. Because I've seen, you could read the Bible verse by verse. You could, Westboro Baptist Church is a, a Bible church. But they're not a word church. But the word says he's fitly framing us together. He's joining us and he's de- establishing with his word at the same time the Father. And it's causing us to be family. That's what we were designed for from the very beginning. That's what we were designed for. Let's talk about what God did Wednesday night. I feel, honey, I feel like the Lord marked it, man. I just, who's here this last Wednesday night? It's our first and third Wednesday where we come together. It's an Acts 242 model. We eat, we pray, fellowship, break bread, pray. It's just an awesome time. There's teaching groups and the Lord gave me a word. He said, I want you to teach my people that I'm not far, that I'm actually closer than they could even comprehend. And then I was talking about the Abba of Jesus, the Father. We cry out, Abba. And there's this powerful revelation, it's so simple, that God is a good Papa. When we get that, listen, we could have systematic theology running through our brains. We could have all sorts of letters after our name and degrees. But if we just know God as a good Papa, we're light years ahead of theologians. The best theology you could have is Jesus, and Jesus revealed the heart of the Father. So I taught for about 20 minutes. I'm so proud of myself. 20 minutes, preacher clock. That was good. That was, yeah. You didn't even encourage me. But we came up here. I'm just messing. We came up here, and we did worship. I jumped on the keys. Tim and Sarah helped me, and... and, uh, and we just started singing Abba, and we're worshiping. Those of you that are here remember, and it was like a tidal wave of the presence of God, but it was like Papa. You said it last service, you said something about when God, when the Father speaks, when the Father, the presence of the Father. You even see it in nature, sometimes in other countries, you know, where there's like elephants that go crazy. Usually it's because there's not pre- the presence of older male elephants. And there's, there's this thing that happens among the male elephants. They go crazy. And what they did is they would bring older male elephants just to be in the presence of the crazy young male elephants 
and they just, they just needed a papa to be around, and it changed the entire environment and behavior. Something about the Father, and the Lord crashed in, and we worshiped, and I even saw my son. I felt like the Lord was showing me that God was just going to do something, and my oldest son, David, he was here, you know, at the young adult table, and I step off the keys, Tim jumps over on there, and I'm praying, and I look down, I see somebody kneeling, on their, people all over the altar, on their face, just all up here, and this, this young man is doing this, and he's weeping, and his hair looks like a mop, and I'm like, is that David? His hair is really thick right now, and I look at you, and I'm like, who is that? And it was my son, and I knew God was going to touch him and bless me, man. I, I love when my kids, that's why I'm always praying for Hannah. Hannah Grace, whoever's on the front row. She's the only one who sits on the front row. All the other kids hate me, but I'm just kidding. But the, the father's love crashed in, man, like a tsunami on Wednesday night. And then we're praying for one another, and it was just thick. It was thick in the room. And God wants to do that again. And he wants us to respond to his love. You told that story of how when we were first married. I want you to tell that story again because it's, it's so fitting for how sometimes we act towards the Father. But we need to receive his love. Just quickly, just a little bit of my testimony. I didn't grow up with a, a father present in my life. And I believe every little girl, every little girl, deserves a daddy that will pick her up when she falls off her bike and dust her off. And little boy too. Little boys too. Yeah. <laughs> Every little girl deserves a daddy that that's her first kiss. A dad's kiss. A Come dad's on. love. Abba. A dad's embrace. An Abba. And so I didn't grow up with that. And so when I began to experience the Father's love, it literally changed my life. It changed everything about me. It's like it changed my DNA and I was already born again, but I hadn't really experienced the crashing waves of the love of the Father. And so I get married and um, how many know marriage is the most amazing relationship on the planet, but it can also be the hardest if you don't work at it. And so I came into this marriage, and I remember one of our first arguments, and, and, um, and uh, I we've, can get... We've only had like two. And our whole marriage, yeah. 22, 22 years. 22 years. Yeah. I can get a little attitude sometimes, if you haven't seen it. And I was like, um, excuse me, I don't need you to tell me that you're my daddy. I don't need you to treat me like you're my dad. I don't have a dad. I don't need a dad. Never wanted one. And so don't try to act like you're my daddy right now, because I don't need it. And it reveals the heart sometimes of where we are in the church as the people of God. We go through our life thinking, I don't need that. I'm good. But there's something that happens when dad shows up, right? Like all of us moms know it's the most frustrating thing sometimes as a mom. Like you'll tell your kids time after time after time, I pick up your toys, pick up your toys, pick up your toys, pick up your toys. Dad comes home and says, pick up your toys. And what are the kids doing? Picking up their toys. But there's something that happens when Father God shows up in our midst. See, there's adjustments that God needs to yeah. make. There are things that God needs to do. And Father God is speaking and he's telling you, hey, you, you can't keep going with that pride in your heart. 
you have presumption in this area. He's making adjustments because when, when the father shows up, correction is made. When the father shows up, yep. he speaks straight to your identity and it sometimes feels like a rebuke, but it's not. It's just him calling you for who you really are. Sometimes we reject the love of the father because we don't like correction. We don't like adjustment. But when Papa shows up, he straightens all the crooked places. We have to let the Father love us. Yes. See, Jesus reveals the Father perfectly. And our image of God is sometimes so twisted and so distorted because we've been taught wrong theology and wrong ways of viewing who God is. And see, when Jesus shows up on the scene, he shows us, uh, us what God really looks like. And Father God, his love is in the yeah. room right now. His love is in this house right now. And he's saying, let me make adjustments and corrections. It's because I love you I have more for you I have destiny for you I'm building the house and I want you to be a part of it so good how many are ready to just let the father's love come in and make any adjustments necessary amen the Lord is removing he is like pulling out spears of rejection the Lord is just giving you his full, like you're getting a revelation right now of your full acceptance as a son and a daughter. Sometimes it's even church leadership that you have felt rejected by church hurt, all of that stuff. Brothers, sisters, uh, it could be, you know, your parents, biological father, the absentee father. God is pouring out healing grace right now. Lift your hands with me and just say, I receive your love, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Thank you right now for an outpouring of that love, that divine healing love in Jesus' name. 1 John 3, 1. Close your eyes and just hear this. Look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that he has lavished upon us. God, open our eyes to see. As we're closing our eyes and opening our hearts and lifting our hands, may we see with the eyes of the Spirit the marvelous love to behold the marvelous love that he's lavished upon us. I love that word lavish. He just pours it out extravagantly. He's pouring out his love extravagantly on you right now. Healing, oil, healing, balm. The Bible says this, he has called us and made us his very own beloved children. Behold what love the Father has lavished on us that we would be called beloved sons and daughters. You're a part of this. You're significant. Receive his love. God's doing something wonderful. And we yield to it. We say yes. And our yes is not with conditions. It is like signing the bottom of a blank page. Whatever you're calling us to do, we say yes. Thank you, Lord. I want to pray. We're going to dismiss everyone, but I want to just have a call right now. If you just want to spend some time 
in the Father's love and spend some time, just come sit in the Father's lap, metaphorically speaking, just to come, just let the Father's love pour out on you. Maybe when I said church hurt, or maybe when I said, you know, when she's talking about the, the wounds as a young girl, not having a dad around. Listen, the Lord wants to bring healing to that father wound in your heart. And I want to open up the altars and we're going to, in just a moment, we'll release our prayer team. And maybe it's people on the prayer team. I don't know. I don't care who it is. I don't care if you've been saved 20 years or 40 years or 50 or 20 seconds. You need the Father's love. You and I need the Father's love together. Can you say amen? So listen, close your eyes for just a moment. Pray with me. If you want a fresh and radical encounter with that with that rich, extravagant love of the Father, I want you to raise up your hand right where you're at. Just raise it up. Say, that's me, Pastor. I want, I need, I need him to come and heal. Maybe there's a cycle that just keeps happening in your life and you want to break the cycle. You don't know your significance. Just lift your hand. Say, I want to know how the Father sees me. I want to be branded with his love. Raise your hand up. Say, Pastor, that's me. Would you pray for me? Pray for me. I need it. That's it. Come on, take a moment. Just anyone else, raise your hand up. If you have your hand raised, I want you to just come down to this altar. Come down and kneel. Come down and just come drink living water. Come down. And as you come down, I'm telling you, the waves of the Father's love is just going to crash into you even stronger right now. There it is. Take it. Come, come, come. Yeah. I love that my daughter comes up. Talk about humility. Whoa. Humble yourself and come receive the Father's love. Humble yourself and come drink living water. He's setting the captives free right now. Come and kneel. The fire of God's love is about ready to just be unleashed in a fresh way over your heart. You're going to be branded and you'll never be the same. Father, thank you for the fire of the Holy Spirit. And we're we're releasing it right now. And may all these saints that are here, and there's more, there's, there's two or three others that you feel in your heart right now. I need to be up there. Don't let pride hinder you from something real and new. Come now. That's it. Come now. In Jesus' name, be free. Be free. Come and drink. I pray that every single one of us would hear the voice of the Father, the echo, the resounding like the kids' church song, the resounding voice of the Father, you are my beloved son in whom my soul delights. And daughters, you would hear him saying, you are daddy's girl. And I love you. There it is. Sons, hear him. I'm so proud of you. You're so awesome. You're so significant. Thank you that your eyes of love are towards us. You're smiling over us. You're a good papa. And it's the Holy Spirit that helps us cry out, Abba. We cry out, Daddy. Abba. In Jesus' name we pray. Hi, Pastor Zach here at Encounter Church in Rochester, New York. Hope you were blessed by that message. And we want to give you an opportunity to sow into the ministry if you'd like to. If you would, just go to revival.me and click on the button that says give. Thanks again and have a blessed, blessed day.